From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When was the last time that someone was coming home to see you, perhaps from a long time away, perhaps from somewhere quite distant. Perhaps it was a family member coming back home to the States after being abroad, on a mission trip or in the service. Perhaps it was a college student who you may have missed at home. Perhaps it was a family member or a friend who had merely taken a job States away and was coming home for a visit. How did the thought of them coming home make you feel? For many, this is a very exciting time. It is a time of reunion, to catch up, and to celebrate the time that you are blessed to be able to spend with each other. It is all that you can focus on. I have felt something similar when I have gone back to seeing my scout camp again, in addition to seeing my family, of course. I know that I spent many off-seasons looking forward to when I could be working another summer at camp. Every Sunday campfire, one of the long-time staff members sang this song at the beginning of our week, which spoke to how we all felt. Sequoasin, I am coming home. I can see your rolling hills of trees and your crystal waters flow. I am reaching out. Won't you take my hand? I'm coming home. Sequoasin. It has truly been a second home for all of us and somewhere which always holds a special place in our hearts. It was not just any camp to us. We always formed a special bond and often cried when we left. It is hard to describe to someone who has not experienced it. And on Palm Sunday, we celebrate the arrival of Jesus to Jerusalem in much the same way as we reenact it today, waving palm branches and laying them down on the road for Jesus to walk over on his donkey. The people praise Jesus, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The people gather just to welcome this one man to Jerusalem. 
It is like the fans of the winning Super Bowl team cheering the plane that carries their team as it lands back in their hometown. Much of the city has gathered on this occasion. Surely, Jesus felt welcomed, even though he knew what was to come. When do we become true disciples of Jesus? How do you think that Jesus would respond if we responded to him in the same way that the city of Jerusalem did nearly 2,000 years ago? Or if we welcomed him into our hearts in the same way that we might welcome a special homecoming or a winning team coming home? Would Jesus smile and bless us? Would he ride on grimly, knowing that we are just going to leave him again and go back to our old ways? As Mark tells it, then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. That's quite exciting. He looked around. We are not told much more than that. We only know the people's reaction. An important question for us to ask is how much we might be like these people. Do we say, Lord, Lord, on Sunday, and then turn around on Monday and forget? How do we practice our faith and turn to Jesus on every day of the week? Where were the people who were saying, Lord, Lord, on Friday morning when Jesus was being tried? Mary McAleese, a Catholic academic and the president of Ireland from 1997 to 2011, wrote about the Palm Sundays that we have experienced in our lifetimes. She wrote that there have been Palm Sundays in every conflict. We have had them in Belfast, days where we believed the seed of hope had finally blossomed and all was suddenly about to be well. Peace people marched, doves of peace were released. We held hands and sang the hymns which offended neither side. One such day happened, she writes, in November 1995 when we clamored our welcome to President Clinton, at least perhaps many. But even the sourest and most distrustful of faces, she writes, grew wide with smile as the party mood infected the country, gripping us with a wild and mad joy. But the mood was not long evaporating. The Cold War had ended The Berlin Wall was no more in the 1990s. There was a new hope, and people were looking forward to it lasting. The same can be said about the roaring 1920s. The World War was over, peace was had around the world, and life was happy for the first time in years, perhaps decades. The United States Mint issued a peace dollar from 1921 to 1935, showing the eagle sitting quietly on an olive branch. This was in contrast to the Morgan dollar and most other eagles before it, 
depicting eagles in mid-flight, either holding arrows or defending itself with a shield. The country was so at peace they could depict a quiet, peaceful eagle sitting on their dollar coins. But even then, conflict grew under the surface, and and with the added Great Depression leading into more world conflict, peace was hard to come by yet again. So it is with Jesus. Everything seemed to be wonderful, celebrating on the triumphant entry to Jerusalem. But there was something under the surface which Jesus already knew and had already hinted to his disciples. It could seem peaceful now, but it might not stay that way. But this could get too depressing if we pessimistically think this way. Whenever we experience peace, it's not going to stick around. You might have peace now, but not for long. The question we are asking ourselves is, when do we become true disciples of Christ? We might first know this when we feel the same excitement for Christ that we do when we are excited for peace or for a reunion, or for your sports team to win? Why do we clap and jump up and down when the team we are rooting for scores a three-pointer in the NCAA basketball tournament, but keep to ourselves when we are thinking about Christ? No, we do not have to jump up and down, though some traditions do do that in services. But we can ask ourselves where we are at in our hearts. Are we eager for the kingdom? Are we instead simply going with the flow, waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna because that is what everyone else is doing? If you asked me growing up, I even felt funny waving a palm branch in church even though other people were doing it. So I understand that. And I am asking myself the same questions. We might also know that we are true disciples of Christ when we have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Do you ever ask yourself, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do if he were one of us in this world? He would walk around or maybe drive around now and help those who were healing or who need healing. Listen to those who need someone to talk to. And share God's love with everyone. He would be the winner of the 40 acts of kindness in 40 days challenge that we have had. He knew how to take care of himself, too. I know that he would not worry. He would trust God. He would not lose his faith in God when people battered him. Our Lent journey has focused on becoming better disciples of Christ. We have learned that we transgress against God, but that God gives us God's grace when we seek God. We have asked God to search our hearts and make us true by breaking our sinful habits. We have renewed our focus by filling ourselves 
with good things or with good acts of kindness, for example. And we realize that we are identified by what we bring our focus to. The truth is that we are not identified by our worry or our doubt. We are identified by our faith in Christ. People know us because of who we place our trust in. And people know us by what we do. We are disciples of Christ when we follow Jesus even to the cross. For we know that the way of the cross leads home. We follow Jesus by focusing our minds on Jesus, on Jesus and nothing else. Philippians 2.5 says, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. This is Paul's wish for those who follow Christ. Let us have the same mind. That is, let us have the same focus on God and love for others. Let us have the same unshakable faith. Let us not consider ourselves as more righteous than another. Let us be the spark that causes others to come to Jesus. People will want to know Jesus by the way that we live our lives because of how happy we are to live it. This is what makes a true disciple of Christ. You are unshaken. And when you are shaken, you ask and ask God for the cup to be taken from you. You keep the faith even when it is not. This is what Jesus did, and this is what each of us are called to do. In the face of violence and terror, as was described in the faces of those in Boulder, Colorado this week, we can still have faith. We can still ask God why. We can still lament. But we still have confidence that God is here for us, no matter what happens. You may feel peace with God now, or you may not. Our history has shown that neither one lasts. We long for the peace, but we will not find true, everlasting peace until we are with God in heaven. What we can find here, however, we can cherish Whatever we find here is enough to wave our palm branches in the air and shout Hosanna, which means, save us, we beseech thee. We are excited for a homecoming, but the excitement will not last. We are excited to travel to a place that we love, but we cannot always stay there forever. We are excited when Jesus is born and when Jesus is raised, but even then, the feeling does not last. When you find that your excitement for Jesus is not lasting, there is something that is causing it. I challenge you to continually walk through this journey that we have gone through in this series of Lent these past six weeks. Because Lent is not the only time 
to try to understand how to be a better disciple and how to draw closer to God. There is enough at work in this world to tear you away from this relationship or this peace even an hour after you attain it. If you do not continually ask God to search your heart to improve your relationship and faith, it will be so easy to lose this relationship and faith. Turn to God in joy. Turn to God in terror. Turn to God in confusion and in everything. The prayer of Paul is my prayer for us all. Let the same mind that was in Christ be in us as well. Then we will turn to God on Friday too. Then we will be as excited to see God work in the world as we are when our team wins or when our family comes home. Then we can handle anything because we have God on our side. Walk with God knowing that we need God's help in prayer. We need God's help in the Word. And we need God's help through the help of one another. My prayer on Ash Wednesday was that your heart would be a little bit brighter and that your soul would be a little bit lighter. I pray that this is so now. Closer, my God. God, may you feel closer to us as we seek you. Thanks be to God and amen. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.